You're listening to Coldo D. Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at coldod.org. Let's look at the story in Genesis 24 of the servant of Abraham who went to fetch, if I can use, is that a southern term, fetch? Uh, a bride for Isaac, for Yitzchak. An amazing story. And I'd like us to think about this theme, the awesomeness of anonymity. The awesomeness of anonymity. I don't often give a title, but the Lord gave me, I felt that as a title for today. The awesomeness of anonymity. So, Father, we thank you and pray you would bless this word to our hearts, this amazing story, God, of these amazing people, Lord, and your faithfulness to Abraham, to Isaac, to Sarah, to the ages, your grace and your mercy, your grace and your truth, your chesed ve'emet, as is even mentioned in this chapter. We bless you, we thank you. Gal Yeshua. Open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your Torah. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. The Amen. Seven times Abraham had been promised the land of Canaan, Canaan, and yet by the time of Sarah's death, some 62 years later, he still didn't own any of it. <clears throat> Says Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, who, by the way, left us, Jonathan Sachs, or he goes by pastor, which is fine. You know, in Israel, the, the shepherds there, the roim, the Roez, word for shepherd, they use pastor. Um, and uh, so he goes by pastor, but he's a Messianic congregation, uh, Hope and Messiah in Bowling Green, great congregation and great leader. And, uh, but the late Rabbi Jonathan Sachs of England, who was chief rabbi, left us about a year ago this past week. And he says, by the time Sarah dies, permission to acquire even a single field with a cave in which to bury his wife. Because Sarah, as Suzanne mentioned earlier, had passed. And I believe this is the only place in Scripture where the age and uh, years, the age and years of the woman is named when she passed. So <clears throat> even then, he has to pay what is clearly a massively inflated price. And this does not sound like the fulfillment of the promise of quote, all the land north, south, east, and west. Not at all. It doesn't sound like that. How long must Abraham wait? Is God really at the helm, if you think about it? None of this feels right. And I would picture, I, if I'm Abraham, I'm saying, I'm getting tired of waiting. Hebrews 10.35, I remember my time. I remember when I was discouraged in my first pastorate, my first plant uh, a non-denominational church plan. I remember I was young, and I was discouraged at some things, and I went up and saw him at some point. I was just, we were just walking somewhere, and he says, I told him, he said, I've seen these battles all the time. He started quoting Hebrews 10, 35 through 37. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. I love the next verse. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come, and he will not tarry. 
Great promise to remember. And I think Abraham needed that at this time, didn't he? Patience. Patience. The promise of God was of both land and legacy, real estate and progeny. And now it was time for Abraham to act. If the promises God had made to him are going to be fulfilled, if he's going to birth a great people and bless the world through this people, then Isaac must have a wife. This was a miracle people, inaugurated through a miracle birth. Now the seed must continue, and there must be a mother to continue to bring forth a promised people. Yes, a mother, by the way. Abraham's trusted servant, Eliezer Eliezer of Damascus, would have inherited Abraham's fortune of Ishmael and Isaac if had Isaac not been born, if Ishmael and Isaac had not been born. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, this is in Genesis 15 too, what can you give me since I remain childless, back, you know, years ago, and one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. But, of course, this was not God's plan, and now many years later, his senior servant is commissioned to go and find a wife for his son Isaac from among Abraham's own relatives in his native land. So this is where we are, Genesis 24. This servant travels some 450 miles where he finds, not, and of course by camels, and that, that's the way they travel, where he finds, and donkeys, where he finds Rebekah, Rivka, in a town called Nahor uh, in Mesopotamia. In Jewish terminology, by the way, this would be called finding one's beshert, one's match. Now, rabbinic tradition assumes this individual to be Abraham's senior servant, Eliezer. But listen, he's never called servant in chapter 15 of Genesis, Eliezer. He's never called servant. And this man here in chapter 24 is, listen, unnamed. This anonymous or nameless servant is intentionally left unidentifiable. Are you following me? One commentator, Eliezer, also named Eliezer, just interestingly enough, Zalmanov, says this. By by his name not being mentioned, we learn that this was not about the servant Eliezer or Eliezer the person, This was, he thought it was Eliezer, but this was about the mission. He was so dedicated to Abraham that at no time did his own self-interest get in the way of fulfilling that mission. He was a mere servant, an extension of Abraham's hand. Had he relied on his own capabilities, he would have had no chance for success. He was his, it was his constant awareness that he was nothing more than Abraham's servant that mapped his path through every challenge and obstacle that lay before him. Genesis 24, 12 says, Adonai, he prayed Adonai, his prayer, 
God of Abraham, my master, he said, please make something happen before me today and show chesed, loyalty, chesed, loyal love to Abraham, my master, in my master and his mission. We will be given, you know, the Bible says we will be given a new name written on a white stone. Yes, particular people, Church of Pergamos and whatnot. But Revelation 2.17, think of that. People given a new name. God says, I want to give you a new name written on white stones. The 144,000 in Revelation 14.1 will have the sons and the father's names written on their foreheads. I'm anonymous. You're anonymous. Think about it. I don't know about you, but I want to be lost in the Lord. Amen? I want to be lost in the Lord. I want to be able to say with Paul, I want to have the heart to say, not I, but Messiah. It's no longer I, but Messiah. He's the issue. Galatians 2.20. Paul says, that's what I want. Not I, but Messiah. It's all about him, not about me. I want to be lost in him. Colossians 3, 1 through 3, says, Paul says it this way. Therefore, if you have been raised with Messiah, keep seeking the things above where Messiah is, sitting at the right hand of God. Focus your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you have died, we have died, and your life, he says, our life. Hidden with Messiah in God. We're anonymous. Wow. We are, Paul says, as unknown and yet well-known. 2 Corinthians 6, 9. In other words, unknown to people but known to God. Moses says, who am I? God says, I am. <laughs> I will be who I will be. I will be. I am. The awesomeness of anonymity. In Genesis 24, 34, in this chapter, the servant, again, his servant, my servant, Abdi, his servant, Abdo, here, says, when he introduces himself to the household of the prospective wife, he says, Vayomer Eved Avraham Anochi. Vayomer Eved Avraham Anochi. And he said, the first thing he says when he introduces, I'm Abraham's servant. I'm Abraham's servant. No name. What's his name? Well, we say Eliezer. That's what the rabbis say. That's what it's. But we don't know that. Maybe. Maybe not. We don't know. We don't know. And we don't need to know. Isn't that great? We don't need to know. It wasn't an issue to him, and it isn't to us or to God. This is amazing. The word evid, let's say evid, word for servant, it means working subject, work that's working subject to another's will. A servant I'm subject, I'm doing my work, subject to, not my will, but to another's will. Paul would say many times in the Scriptures, when he, when he begins his letters, Paul, a servant, the word used in the Greek was doulos, doulos, 
not diakonos there, but doulos, a servant of the Messiah, Yeshua. Romans 1.1, Philippians 1.1, and other places as well. Eved. Doulos, subjection without the idea of bondage. Without the idea of bondage. Yeshua said in John 6.38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own ultimate Eved, isn't he? The ultimate servant. He is the servant of the Lord. I love looking through the, the servant songs they're called in Isaiah. Uh, and it's Israel and Yeshua, right? Sometimes Abdi, God saying, my servant, and it's the Messiah, clearly. And, and it seems like they go in interweave, you know, it's because their identities are so, inter, so close together, so the destinies are so, so intertwined. Paul says, I'm, I, Messiah was a servant in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, but the four servant songs in Isaiah are chapters 42, for the great one who has believed our report, that whole really should all memorize as believers who are ready to share with our Jewish people and with anyone that needs to know Messiah. If I want to be like Yeshua, I have to fulfill his mission. It's all about the mission. It's all about the mission, not about me. It's about the mission. Came to seek and to save the lost. He said that of himself. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Luke 19.10. Find a bride for Isaac. Yes, I think the type there is beautiful. It's a definitely picture of the bride for the son, the son. A near impossible task, by the way, for Abraham's servant, according to the Talmud, a rose among thorns. Not easy. The mission, and I think, boy, that servant, he could he was told if you can't, if it doesn't work out, you don't, you know, you can just. Don't worry, you're not responsible. If it doesn't work out, turn. I mean, I would have think 450 miles and all the difficulties, and he could have easily just said, it's not working out, I'll turn back. I, you know, I don't. But what, an, what faithfulness, what a man of integrity. He followed through with it, and, and it did work out. The mission is not about us. It's about securing a bride for our master's son. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is for their what? Salvation. Romans 10.1. Is that your heart? Is that my heart? My heart's desire and prayer to God is for their salvation. Does your heart beat with that heart? Or is it for something else? Or is it, oh, that's got to be our heart. Believers in Yeshua are likened to his bride in the new covenant. Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5, verses 23 through 29. Revelation 19, 7 through uh, 9. We are the bride of Messiah. Israel is the wife of Yahweh, of the Lord, of Hashem, of the Lord, however you want to say, of Adonai, the Lord God, in the, of the Father, so to speak. That's one way of seeing. He is clearly, Israel is clearly, she is clearly the wife of the Lord. And we as the, as the Kahila, as the church, the Kahila, the bride of, are the bride of the Messiah. What a mission here. Yeshua says, you have sent me into the world. John 17. Remember in his high priestly prayer, John 17, you've sent me into the world. I've given them your word. I've sent them, and I've made known 
your name to them. Paul in Philippians 3 says, oh, that I may know you, the power of your resurrection, the fellowship of your sufferings, be conformable to your death. This is our mission. Why has God saved us and sent us? Let's not get sidetracked. Let's not get sidetracked. I plead with you, don't get sidetracked. Let's keep, it's all about the mission. How about other anonymous Hagiborim? And they might be the three, the Shloshim in 2 Samuel 23, who at risk of their lives, they brought water from the well of Bethlehem of, out of love for their leader. They risked their lives, and their, but we don't know their names. That's okay. God does. The boy who guided Samson's hands, Shimshon, his hands to the pillars. What was his name in Judges chapter 16, 26? I don't know, but we'll find out one day, won't we? How old was he? I don't know. His name? Or I think it was a guy. To read it again. Guy or gal, but it's a good Samaritan. I think it was a guy there. The woman who covered the well and spread grain over it, hiding Jonathan and uh, Jonathan and Ahimaaz from Ahithophel and Absalom when they were after running after chasing David, trying to get David in 2 Samuel 17. That woman covered the well. She hid them. Paul's sister's son, a young man, courageously saved Paul's life from a plot of over 40 men to kill him. Wow. 40 men trying to kill Paul in Acts 23, verses 16 through 22. And Paul's sister's son saved his life. We don't know her name, but we'll find out. A woman with an alabaster box or jar of very expensive oil, such a beautiful story in Mark 14, 3, of pure nard, and she poured it over Yeshua's head. And remember, he said, wherever this good news is preached, what she did will be remembered Her name? I don't know. We don't know. A woman. They'll each be recognized in the Olam Haba, in the world to come. In in heaven, we'll know their names. The awesomeness of anonymity. And there's so many more. The wise woman of Tekoa in 2 Samuel 14. The widow of Zarephath, 1 Kings 17. The poor widow with the olive oil, 2 Kings 4. Naaman's wife, Naaman's, Naaman's wife, maid in 2 Kings 5. How about Gideon's 300 men or the 7,000 who refused to bow to Baal in Elijah's day? How about the wise men from the east, the Canaanite women from Tyre and Sidon in 8, the Samaritan woman at the well, the woman at the well in John chapter 4? Or how about the thief on the cross? What was his name? Uh, Herman? I don't, we don't know his name. We don't know his name, but that's okay. The awesomeness of anonymity. God knows his name. You know, it talks about Israel and, and comply, you know, names are, you're inscribed on the palms of my hands, engraved upon the palms of my hands in order to be seen by them. If you do, you have no reward from your Father in heaven so when you do tzedakah, don't announce it with trumpets to win people's praise like the hypocrites in the synagogues and on the streets 
This is complete Jewish Bible, com- complete Jewish translation. Yes, I tell you, they have their reward already. But you, when you do tzedakah, don't even let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Then your tzedakah will be in secret. And your father, who sees what you do in secret, will reward you. Isn't that great? When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, Yeshua said, who love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners so that people can see them. Yes, I tell you, they have their reward already. But you, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. Your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So, I don't need everyone to see me doing my tzedakah on Instagram and Facebook. There's nothing wrong with sharing it. But if I don't want people to see me doing it or commenting on someone else's prayer request, I don't have to. Do it personally, privately. God sees it. I hope that releases some. It's okay to share it, and, you know, it's beautiful to share it. And we want to because we want to share it with others and others to see. But you don't have to because someone else is. You don't have to say, well, I didn't share. You know, everyone else is sharing it. You have to see what I'm doing. No. God sees it. That's what's important. You may want to call the person privately or text them privately. That's what oftentimes is the best thing to do. And God sees it. The awesomeness of anonymity. Did you know that 18 out of the 66 books of the Bible, almost one-third, are anonymous? That's, or 15 out of 51, if you calculate according to the Jewish ordering of the books, which are 24 and not 39 in the Old Testament, if we calculate it that way. 39, Old Testament, 27, New Testament, according to the Christian, numbering 24 plus, I would count 20 if we do it according to Jewish numbering in the New Testament. We do have 44 total. But anyway, one-third, almost one-third, anonymous. We say we, sometimes we think we know who authored them, but we're not always sure. Genesis 24, 21, it says, when the man continued to pay close attention to her, he was wondering, watching her at the well, watering, which, by the way, that would have taken several hours to water all the camels when he's watching her water all these camels to see if God is answering his prayer. took time. Gallons and gallons of water, by the way. A lot of work, a lot of work. It wasn't heavy gallons of water she was doing. He kept silent in order to know whether or not the Lord had made his way successful. The word salach, let's say salach, if you would. Salach, great. It means, listen to this great word, Salah succeed means to overcome obstacles and difficulties and obtain the goal. To overcome obstacles and difficulties and obtain the goal. He prayed to God. He prayed, and now he persevered. He persevered through it to see if God had answered and waited on God. 
but he persevered through it. And in verse 27, he thanks God. He says, he has not forsaken, I praise the Lord, Baruch Hashem. He's not forsaken his loyalty and his truth. His chesed, say that one if you would, chesed ve'emet. That's grace and truth. You know, it says in John 1.17, grace. How awesome is anonymity. Ani eved Adonai. I am Adonai's servant. I am the Lord's servant. Amen. Father, we thank you for the beautiful story of this servant, Abraham's servant. Maybe Eliezer, maybe his senior servant, whether it was him or whether it was not. But there's a reason that you don't have him named in this chapter. Lord, we want to be lost in you. I know that's our desire for everyone here, that you would be seen in us, that we could say with Paul, not I, I am crucified with the Messiah, nevertheless I live, yet it is no longer I who live, but Messiah who lives in me. Lord, that you would be working through us, we would be your vessels to accomplish what you want, not for our glory, but it's all about your mission, your mission, your purpose. You came to seek and save the lost. You came for Israel's salvation and the nation's salvation. You came, Lord. And that we would know you, that we would reveal your name, your love. Lord, that we would follow in, and, I, and can I say today, Paul Jellop's footsteps, Lord, and Joanne's, who's still with us and has much more, much more time but, Lord, who lifted spirits wherever he went. Lord, you've left us here another day. I don't know how much more, but another day. We want to fulfill your mission, Lord, while we're here. Awesome, Lord. It's awesome to be able to be anonymous. We pray we could be in Yeshua, whatever that means for us. Amen. Amen. If you've never trusted Yeshua today, always want to give an invitation, an opportunity. If you're watching today, please don't let this time, this moment pass without entering the kingdom of God, coming to faith in Yeshua. Invite him into your life. Turn your life over. Say, Lord, help me. Thank you for sending Yeshua to die for me. I want to give my life to you today. Thank you for dying for my sins. Give me a fresh start. Wash me clean, make my, uh, make my sins, wash me, forgive me of my sins, make me whiter than snow like you promised, Lord. I thank you that you love me just as I am coming to you today. Amen. If you're praying that, you want, please, there'll be some people here to pray with you. If you're here physically at service, if not, contact us, and uh, we want to help you in any way we can. God bless you. Ya er Adonai panave lecha vichunecha. Yisa Adonai panave lecha v'yasem lecha shalom. B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach sar ha shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.